0: Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Moving Right Along, a Muppet Movie Podcast brought to you by ToughPigs.com. It's the podcast where we watch The Muppets Take Manhattan two minutes at a time and talk about it a lot. I'm your host, Anthony Strand.
1: And I'm your other host, Ryan Rowe.
0: And joining us today is a very special guest who's never been on the show, but who I've known since she was very young indeed. Guest, who are you?
2: I'm Kaylin Gulshinsky. And I am a. Uh, <laughs> what? I love the Muppets.
0: She loves the Muppets. And who are you to me, Kaylin? I am Anthony's niece. That's right. She's my niece. That's correct.
1: You don't have to be Anthony's niece to be on the show. You just have to love the Muppets. <laughs> That's right. And am I correct in thinking that that Kaylin now uh, shatters the record for youngest guest on this podcast?
0: Yes, yes. because the previous record holder was her brother Ethan, who's two right. years older. There you go. Who came on to talk about Great Muppet Caper. When he yeah. was 14. When he was 14. <laughs> 13. Oh, okay. Yeah. So today... Being younger. So today we are looking at minutes 15 and 16 of The Muppets Take Manhattan. In these minutes, Kermit snaps at the gang for bickering like a bunch of grumps, and then Rizzo tells a sob story. So first of all, I want to start... B- before we even get into the dialogue... We start with eleven Muppets walking down the street uh, on in the streets of Manhattan. An wow, is it eleven? Yeah, it's eleven Muppets. It's Kermit, Piggy, Fozzie, Gonzo, Rolf, Scooter, and the five members of the Electric Mayhem.
1: Yeah, wow.
0: Um, and, and Camilla actually is Camilla. Did, I was going
1: to say, did you count Camilla? Yeah, mm-hmm. she's there somewhere, I believe.
0: Yeah, so it's twelve.
1: Let's so check 12. the tape. Um, you know, what? she must be there though. No, I don't see her.
0: Yeah. I counted 11 when I when I looked at the shot earlier.
1: Yeah, I think that's right.
0: But but so like I'm wondering how many puppeteers did it take to play those 11 characters and where are they all located? Cuz like we're we're on an actual street. They they're not under platforms. Right. This isn't the set of the Muppet show.
1: No, and in fact, I I was Uh, clicking around on on Google Maps and that that blog post from the Bowery Boys with the locations, the shooting locations of this movie. Uh, This is on Varick Street in Manhattan, um, just past Houston. So, yeah, this is a a very real New York City's uh, street corner. I guess... I mean, for stuff like this, they're usually on dollies, right?
0: Yeah, I guess so. But But how many... Is it every
1: puppeteer on a dolly? Are they all on one giant dolly? Uh,
0: Right, yeah. are they all just, like, laying down with, like, arms all over, you know, like, heads on each other's chests and stuff? Right, like it's...
1: because they do move, and the camera is moving with them for a significant amount of time, so. Right. Yeah, they are moving forward.
0: Yeah, and, like, de- I mean, we've talked about this on the show a lot, but that's one of those things that most viewers, like, I don't think anyone would think of this as a complicated shot.
1: Right, because with actors, human actors, it's not. They're just walking.
0: It's just 11 people walking down the yes. street. But and I, I mean I guess it could be fewer than eleven puppeteers also could be yeah but everyone looks like I mean everyone looks like they're moving kind of independently yes you know? they're all
1: very uh, articulated yeah
0: I mean a lot of times when one puppeteer has two puppets on they're just kind of like swaying side to side you know in unison or something
1: yeah um I guess yeah my with for lack of any other information my best guess is one. Very large rolling contraption or some kind of dolly that they're all sitting on, mm. and it's being pulled from from uh, ahead.
0: Yeah, I think that's I think that's probably accurate. Um, but yeah, so anyways, as they're walking, they start talking about the show. Gonzo actually starts making suggestions for what could improve the show. It's
1: more special effects, like exploding socks.
0: More special <laughs> effects, like exploding socks.
1: That's a very Gonzo thing.
0: It is, and which makes it all the more cutting. I think when Janice responds, Oh, Gonzo, like that's a really lame idea. Yeah. Cause it's kind of like she's insulting the core of his beat.
1: That's his sensibility. Yeah. You're right.
0: You know, but, um, but anyway, but, uh, but what I really think is fascinating is Kermit has talked about how the show needs something. He's, he's already said that.
1: Right. Yes. When they decided to come to Broadway.
0: Right. Right. But now Gonzo's like trying to offer constructive suggestions and, I mean, I guess Kermit doesn't really dismiss him, but Kermit doesn't re- react at all. Like, Kermit doesn't seem like he wants to talk about the script.
1: No, I think he's sick of the show by now.
0: Yeah, I, I guess that's the thing. Because like, uh, like we talked about last time, it's, they've apparently been in New York for like three and a half months. Yeah. Based on how long the calendar is running.
1: Yeah, it's June to September, I believe.
0: Yeah. So, anyways, they they all start fighting.
1: Well, and also, I don't see Janice offering any suggestions on what to add to the show. She's just yeah. criticizing Gonzo's suggestion.
0: I mean, maybe Janice already thinks the show is perfect.
1: Maybe the other thing is it's interesting to even see because then Floyd snaps at Gonzo, and you know they're all they all start squabbling. But I, I really can't think of many other instances of Gonzo and Janice interacting with each other.
0: Yeah, not many, huh? So, well, and and that's one of those things about this movie. Like we we've already talked about how this is a much a much more like down to earth and human movie.
1: Yeah, we're gonna see a, more of that in just a second.
0: But you're yeah, right, right. But they seem more like a group of just real life friends in this one.
1: Right. Like they're not wacky the, characters putting on a show as much. They're they're real people trying to make it in show business.
0: Right. Exactly. So it's not like on the Muppet Show. Why would Gonzo, who has an act, and Janice, who is in some other acts, like, what would they have to talk about?
1: Really? Um, yeah, they would just, like, pass each other backstage. Right.
0: Yeah. But, like, but like, here they have to be, like, a, a tight-knit group of friends who hung out all the time all through college, right? Yeah, that's true. So, um, but but I do think it's funny that as they're, they all start squabbling, everyone starts talking at once, and Animal yells, Fight! Fight! Oh, yes. Fight!
1: Yeah, Animal's just looking to fan the flames.
0: Yeah. Animal just wants like Animal just wants everyone else to start punching each other, right? Which
1: Yeah, he would enjoy that, I think.
0: Which I love that idea.
2: <laughs> That'd be really funny to see.
0: The Muppets all punching each other? Uh, You'd be into that?
2: No. Well, kind of, yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> just just um, for a minute. Right. Um, but but what we but we, uh, what we do get is actually the opposite of that, which is that like Scooter asks if they should change the script and Fozzie's like, "Yeah, Kermit, what should we do?" And Kermit snaps at them, right? This is is like Kermit's most vulnerable and human moment that I think maybe like it's, it's one of the most ever, I think.
1: Yes. Because here's the thing we've seen Kermit get angry. We've seen him snap. We've seen him, seen him yell at people. Usually that's on Sesame street or backstage at the Muppet show where it's very comedic it's very broad and it's someone's doing something ridiculous and he's just like "Ah, right where do you stop that come on and then or it's you know miss piggy getting on his nerves
0: but this is yeah this is he just wants his kermit the frog t-shirt
1: yes exactly that's a perfect example he doesn't want kermit the gorf kermit the groff or kermit the forg t-shirt he wants a kermit the frog t-shirt but this is much more real this is you know he says I don't know. How should I know? Why are you asking me anyway? Can't you take care of yourselves? We, tr- we failed. Okay. We tried and we failed. So yeah, this, I think is that, that thing that Frank Oz wanted to do with this movie where it's, the characters are more real. Everything is more grounded. And yeah, Kermit is getting mad, like a real person, not getting mad, like a comedy straight man.
0: Right. Yeah. It's not a joke at, at all here. Yeah. And, and actually I feel like Kermit's in like this speech kind of inspired Kermit's entire attitude in the 2011 movie The Muppet.
1: Yeah, well doesn't he have a similar I think yeah, he, he never, has a, doesn't he, he, he has say a, something like we tried and we failed in that one too toward the yeah, end of the marathon, yeah. the telethon? Yeah,
0: at yeah. the end of the telethon, but also like at the beginning of the movie, he sings Pictures in My Head, right? which is like this speech in a song almost, you know, it's like with, I mean, have all these lines yeah. like more I could have said you, you, right. you know, it's like
1: Right. That actually, yeah, that, that does sort of feel like something that song could come right after this scene. Um, because it's also the question he asks here of like, why does it have to be me? Which I don't think has really come up before. He's always just the leader of the Muppets. And that's just something that he does. That's what he takes on. But right. I mean, here, yeah, he's, he's sort of questioning like, why does this burden all have to be on me? And we haven't really seen that
0: before. Right. I mean, a little bit in the Muppet movie when he goes out to talk to himself in the desert, you know,
1: that's true. Yeah.
0: Um, you know, I never promised anyone anything. All You know, all that. Yes, stuff. that's true. You're right. But it's not as harsh. And of course, in that one, like the other friends, all just sit around a campfire and Gonzo sings a song. Right.
1: They're just, <laughs> you know, they're sad, but they're they're making it. They're making the best of it. But in this, right. yeah, they're all like, Kermit, they come all- on. Why don't you make all our decisions for us?
0: Right. In this one, they all move to uh uh you know Wisconsin and Cleveland.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's a little bit of an overreaction, perhaps. <laughs> yeah.
0: But um, anyways, so what happens next? Uh Kermit actually tries to turn the situation around, right? He's just kind of like, How much money do we have left? Like he starts thinking practically. Yeah. And uh, you know, they like if if they've been staying in those bus lockers for three months or more. <laughs> They must have started out with like quite a nest egg, right? I guess so. Good point. I, I mean, I guess then Kermit says we have to eat and Gonzo says why start now? Which do we actually think that the Muppets have not eaten anything for three and a half months?
2: I bet they ate just like a little bit, like every like one meal per day, but like a crumb per day.
0: They ate one crumb <laughs> per day. Uh-huh. Like the mouse and how the green stole Christmas.
1: Maybe they were just uh buying things out of the the vending machines at Port Authority bus station and sharing them.
0: Yeah, that would make
1: sense. In but- which case, yeah, they just have a ton of quarters, I think, is what we're deducing here. <laughs> we should find out how much it costs, assuming there actually were lockers at Port Authority in 1984, how much it cost to stay per night, or you know, to mm-hmm. rent a locker per night or per day. Do,
0: do you want to stop recording, or do you want to look it up and pretend like we looked it up?
1: Um, no, I want to... Uh, retroactively have already looked it up and done that when we talked <laughs> when we talked about the first bus locker scene which is in the past for the listeners.
0: Oh yeah which we haven't recorded yet.
1: <laughs> which is the future for us.
0: Well let's just pretend that we already looked it up. Of course let's we did. Just, let's just skip this. We are, we'll just as we as we already discussed um it costs such and such amounts. Exactly. Okay. Um but no but anyways uh, Kermit says they have to eat and Gonzo says why start now? Which is right. like, that's a good example of how low key this movie is. Because that's like, it's 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 like almost a joke. Like it's not it's mm. not Gonzo being wacky, you know. Yeah, it's not it's not even. I mean, it's not like if we go back to the Great Muppet Caper, most of Gonzo's dialogue in that movie is about like how he's hoping to get injured. Right. You know. Yeah. You know, it's great when it works, and like, yeah how far do you think you can plummet before you black out? Right? Like, <laughs> whereas in this one, he's just like, yeah, we don't eat. Ah, you know? Yeah. Know. Yeah. You're right. I don't think Gonzo. I mean, I guess he does his stunt show later, but he doesn't really talk about injuring himself much in this one.
1: At no, all. not as something that he loves as much as he does in great Muppet caper. Yeah. I think we do see the sort of like dry. Sardonic Gonzo every once in a while. And I always do kind of like that. I, I'm, I'm reminded of the end of it's a very happy, wacky, jolly, holly, jolly uh, Christmas movie when Kermit is uh, running back to the theater and he's like, oh, everything is great. In fact, I don't even care that we lost the theater. And Gonzo says, well, that's good because we lost it.
0: Yeah, that's pretty good.
1: Yeah, it's it's that same kind of like he has that in him.
0: Yeah, I can see that. Um, Speaking of him, though, he could have saved the day right here because one of the signs that they pass is for Leo's plumbing supplies. Did you notice this?
1: I did notice this.
0: Yeah, so Gonzo used to be a plumber. It's true. He could, he could go into Leo's plumbing supplies and buy everything he needs to reopen his plumbing business.
1: <laughs> that's yeah, he really could have. <laughs> and that's how
0: they could have funded Manhattan
1: Melody. They could have done that on the side. Yeah. In fact, I I was going to I wasn't sure if I was going to bring this in this week or some other time, but <clears throat> um, when I was looking on Google Maps and Google Street View, um, I saw, I, I was curious to see if any of these businesses were still there. They're not. The convenience store on the corner is still a convenience store, but it's totally different. What um, the fruit and vegetable stand that they walked past is now a tortilla place. It's like a Tex Mex tortilla stand. And Leo's Plumbing Supplies is now a shoe repair shop.
0: Shoe repair. Wow. Yeah. That's and I I'm sure shoe repairs like I'm sure there are many shoe repair shops still. Oh yeah. But I I think of shoe repair as such a like 20th century thing. Yeah, it does feel, feel like, like an old just, fashioned
1: Like most people would probably just throw their shoes away and buy, a new buy new pair shoes, of shoes. Yeah. but yeah, yeah. But you know, this is a city where you can also get your shoes shined at Grand Central Terminal, so.
0: That's true. So still yeah.
1: Today. So yeah.
0: Yeah. So that makes sense. I've I haven't been there in some <laughs> in many years.
1: Yeah. Yeah, the come back when it is safe to do so.
0: When it is safe to do so, I will return to New York someday. You hear that, New York? I'm <laughs> coming back someday. All right. Um, so what happens next? Oh, yeah, they uh, are going to go get lunch. And where are they going to go get lunch, do you think? Pete's. Yes, Pete's. <laughs> <laughs> so they go to Pete's Luncheonette, which, Ryan, you mentioned that it's uh, on Varick Street. Yes. It's actually 208 Varick Street. And that building is currently a McDonald's.
1: It's a McDonald's, which is sad. Which um, I,
0: I mean, I looked it up. So uh, apparently, like the, the Webster's de- definition of lunchy net is a small informal restaurant serving light lunches. Uh-huh. So I guess technically a McDonald's is is still a lunchy net. Oh, know. I
1: guess so. Um, you know? hmm. yeah. It's, uh, I don't know when it became a McDonald's or how long it remained the little luncheonette or the little diner that we see in this movie. But uh, yeah, I've walked past this McDonald's a few times and I always try to remember to stop and, you know, tip my hat to Pete's.
0: You go in there and you order like how many grits and stuff? (laughs) I should. (laughs) Um, And then you count them yourself. Exactly. So anyways, they go inside Pete's. That joke's coming up later. Yeah, that joke is not in these minutes. I should not I should not have said it. <laughs> um, but we, we, they do go in, and the first person that they meet, uh, he bumps. He almost runs into Kermit. It's Rizzo the Rat. It's Rizzo. It's our old pal Rizzo the Rat, who um, he's. I mean, like now looking back, he's our old pal. But this is kind of his like debut as a as our star. Right? This
1: is the debut of Rizzo as a character with a personality. He, right, I... he he was like, you know, Steve Whitmire was on the Muppet show from season three on, was it? Yeah. And then, yeah. So this, this rat, he, he played this rat puppet that they started calling Rizzo, but he didn't really, like he was just a rat who happened to be named Rizzo. And then, right. you know, I mean, he's who... addressed by name briefly on screen and the great Muppet caper, but this is really the first time that they sort of decided, okay, here's who Rizzo actually is.
0: Right. Like, I, mean, he's, I will say the Joan Baez episode, he is like recognizably Rizzo in that one. Okay. There's like this whole thing involving a refrigerator backstage and like Rizzo is in, was like messing with Beauregard's head.
1: Okay. I'm not, yeah, I'm not really familiar with that one, I guess.
0: Sure. Season five. Right. Right. And so it's like, that's the one where it's like, you can tell Steve Whitmire is thinking about who this, who this guy is at least. Okay. Yeah. I. I'm not even sure if they had call him by name in that. Maybe they don't, hmm. but like, it's, it, I mean, it looks like Rizzo with Steve Whitmire doing that same voice. He's yeah. like playing tricks, you know? Um, yeah. But yeah, this is, this is where and it's, it's funny because his first line here is make way coming through. And he would go on to be like one of the, one of the big stars of the Muppets for like, yeah. like 25 years. Right. Especially so, in the nineties, especially in the nineties. And so it's like he's saying, "Make way, coming through." It's his first line. Like,
1: like uh, here I, I'm arrived on the scene.
0: Here, here I am, yeah. Which, which, much like Don Cheadle in Iron Man Two, right? Where, where his first line, uh, when when Rhodey is no longer Terrence Howard, it's Don Cheadle. His first line is, "It's me. I'm here. Deal with it." Yeah, <laughs> to, to Tony, right? Yeah, um, it's the same. It's Rizzo announcing that the the newest star, the savior of the Muppets in the '90s, with Gonzo. Mm-hmm is here. He's, yeah. he's he's here to stay, right? Yeah, I guess so. So you had something you wanted to say about Rizzo, right, Kaylin? mm mm-hmm. well, What was it?
2: I love how he's just, like, really, um, how he gets, like, really mad at them for almost running into him, but, like, he's a rat, and you're probably gonna run into a rat. And, like, because they're so tiny that you're
0: gonna hit them. <laughs> That's true!
1: Even, yeah, even with Muppet proportions, he's still pretty small. He's very small. He's, Easy to miss him.
0: Yeah, and especially now when Pepe's not around yet. Like, yeah. later they would do this thing where Pepe and Rizzo are kind of like the, the tiny jokesters or something, right? Yeah. In, in like, letters to Santa.
1: Right, because some- they're the same size and their puppets work with the same mechanism, I believe.
0: <laughs> right, right. <laughs> but here there's no there's no Pepe yet, so it's just like Rizzo. Um, but so anyways, he says Mikuay coming through, and then... Floyd says, "I'm glad we ain't got no money. Now I ain't got no appetite."
1: Yeah, um, I want to mention that's a good joke. <laughs> I want to mention. Uh, I, I think I said in a previous episode that I did have this movie on VHS growing up, but I also had the read-along record.
0: Oh, I have that. I have that still in my house.
1: Yeah, I, I think it's probably at my parents' house. But I listened to that a lot more than I watched the movie because I guess I was not allowed to just do nothing but watch movies all day <laughs> and you know also it's it's easy to just put a record on anytime so uh because of that and uh, for those who might not be familiar it's 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 a kind of a it's written so that young readers can read it and understand the story but all the muppet performers are on the record doing their characters right. voices and it's read by scooter
0: Yeah, it's read by Scooter, which I've always been kind of disappointed that it isn't Richard Hunt doing imitations of everyone else, frankly.
1: Oh, that'd be fun. But um, because of that, some of my memories of this movie for a long time, and some of them still are, sort of mixed up with the record. So I was expecting to hear Floyd ask Kermit, do we, like, got enough bread left to buy some, like, bread? But that's not (laughs) in the movie. That's
0: from the record. So, it was, so that's not in the script either?
1: Uh, I did not, not see that in, in the Frank Oz uh, March 7th, 83 draft, no.
0: Huh. So that's fun.
1: Yeah, yeah, it's a good line. That's a good line for Floyd.
0: Yeah, you should go back in time. Mm-hmm. Tell Frank Oz, as long as we're time traveling, yeah. you should go back in time, tell Frank Oz to put that in this movie.
1: That's what I'll do if I get a, a time
0: machine. <laughs> good, I think I think you should. Um so anyways, the next thing we see is, is more Rizzo business. Like, they, they really spend a lot of time here establishing Rizzo as as one of our main characters in this movie.
1: Is this also the debut of his backwards baseball cap, by the way?
0: It must be. Mm-hmm. Yeah. His his backwards baseball cap as seen in this movie and the Muppet trading card set in the 90s. Yes. And uh, any picture where Rizzo is riding a skateboard. Yeah. But like he doesn't wear it on screen all that much
1: after. Do, this. Oh, does he not? I guess I sort of picture him with it, but maybe not.
0: He's not wearing any Muppet Christmas Carol.
1: No, not a Muppet Christmas Carol. <laughs> <here> <laughs> but didn't he wear it on Muppets Tonight? That's probably mostly what oh, I'm thinking oh, of. Oh,
0: probably, yeah.
1: Yeah, that's
0: mm. true. All right. true. Rizzo backwards baseball cap. That's <laughs> yeah. so funny. I now I'm looking
1: Muppet. at my Palisades figures.
0: It, does he have it? Um,
1: where are you, Rizzo? I'm pretty sure he has a baseball cap. I don't know if it's removable. Yeah. Actually, hold on. <laughs> yes, here's Rizzo. The Palisades Rizzo figure does come with a baseball cap and it is definitely designed to be worn backwards.
0: Does it fit on his head forward? Can can you turn it around over his eyes or not? Uh It doesn't stay on forward?
1: No. That- <laughs> If the microphone picked up that that uh, clattering sound, that was that was Rizzo's hat falling off.
2: <laughs> awesome! In, in our chess set, his hat is on backwards. Oh, For all, the, all the pawns is Rizzo, and he is pizza box and his hat on backwards.
0: Oh yeah, because you guys have the Muppet chess set. Yes, that's true. Which um, we we got the. I should I should give a shout out to our friend David Bukema, who gave me the Muppet chess set. And we had a chest set and these guys didn't. So we gave them the Muppet chest set. Oh.
1: So cool. all of the pawns are Rizzo? Yeah. And is, are, so are they, they're different color Rizzo's? Or he's wearing different costumes?
0: There's a yeah. di- di- different different colored color base, right? It's just mm-hmm. one side has a yellow base and the other side has a red base. And the
2: hat is a different color too. And the hat's a different color. One's yellow, one's red. Yeah.
0: Hmm. Cool. Yeah. That chest set, and we can look at people can look it up on Muppet Wiki. It does get a little confusing because it like Remind me, like one of the bishops is Fozzie and the other one is the Swedish Chef, or something. Yes. So, like, it's kind of hard to remember. Oh, you just have to know, yeah, yeah. It's like Animal and Gonzo are both knights, but they're both on horses. They're both so, on horses, so that's like pretty easy to remember. Hmm.
2: It's confusing which way you have to put uh, Animal though, because he's on the horse backwards. Do you put <laughs> the horse forwards or Animal forwards?
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, anyways, most most of the times, Kaylin and I have played chess against each other. It's been that Muppet chess set.
1: Oh, great. I never learned how to play chess. So.
0: Oh, it's, it's fun. If you like, if you like games that require a lot of thinking, you should play it.
1: Sometimes I do.
0: Yeah. All right. Um, so anyways, yeah. After this, we get more Rizzo business. Um, a customer complains because the burger that Rizzo brought her doesn't have any meat on it. She, and Rizzo then quotes the famous Wendy's commercial from this time by saying, Hey Pete, where's the beef? Yeah, Wait, that commercial was like brand new, right?
1: That's yeah, that's really weird. And um, because this movie was filmed mostly in 1983, from what I've read, and those commercials premiered in 1984. This movie came out in the summer of 1984. Um yeah. For those who might not know what we're talking about, uh, this was a, a Wendy's campaign and with the original commercial was three old ladies looking at a hamburger, like a, a hamburger from another burger chain with a big fluffy bun, but the the beef patty is so small they can't see it and one of the old ladies says, "Where's the beef?" And then that became a hugely popular commercial campaign and that that lady uh, Clara Peller became a celebrity. Uh, so, um, in the March 7th, 1983 draft of the screenplay, there's actually, so, um, the, the gag where the burger doesn't have meat is actually there. And that's, that predates the Wendy's
0: commercials. Sure. But I mean, that's, that jokes, I mean, in the commercial, it's about how other places have tiny burgers. Yes, and this is just about like Rizzo being sloppy at his job, right? Yeah, like, uh, well,
1: Rizzo or Pete?
0: I mean, I guess but... so, but like then Rizzo asks Pete, "Where's the beef?" And Pete says, "Is coming, is coming," right? And it's, so it's like I feel like Rizzo just grabbed the plate before it was. Oh, hit. okay.
1: Yeah, <laughs> I like something. that theory. Sure. Like that
0: but... seems more like Rizzo than it does like Pete.
1: Yeah, I get that. Okay, but I also wonder if because the Wendy's campaign had become a hit. Maybe, um oh, because in, in the draft, uh, Rizzo says to Pete, hey, Pete, glass of cow juice and lay down a patty. So I wonder <laughs> if they actually shot it that way. And then after the Wendy's commercials became a huge phenomenon, maybe they looped the, the Where's the Beef line just as a they, response to that. They
0: flew Steve Whitmire back into the studio. He's in a recording studio. And they said, we need you to say Where's the Beef? Because people are crazy about Clara Peller.
1: I could see that getting a huge laugh in the summer of nineteen
0: eighty-four. Yeah, oh, I'm sure it did. No, I'm sure yeah. you're right. I just love the idea that it's like Steve. We need you back here right away. Yeah, so saying, where's the beef?
1: Yeah, that's my theory.
0: Yeah, no, it's a good theory. It's not. It's not. Um, not un- not implausible at all.
1: Right, and uh, occasionally I think about tweeting at Frank Oz with some of these. Questions, but that is one that I feel like is not worth his time, and he probably wouldn't even remember anyway. But, um, yeah, it's interesting to think about. Yeah.
2: And that, and lady, you... that lady is clearly not vegetarian because she wants her meat.
0: That's, that's true. 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 Um, but so I, I mentioned a minute ago that Rizzo says, Hey, Pete wears the beef. We should really talk about who Pete is because this is the first time we've seen him.
1: Um, yeah, I actually. Yeah, I, I don't have any any Lewis Zorich info. I, I didn't know when we were going to talk oh. about him, but do you? Uh,
0: do you? Th- yeah, I mean, I just yeah, yeah. I just want to talk about Brie. I mean, he worked for decades. He lived to be ninety three. Yeah. Um. I I think outside of this movie, he's probably best known as the the local police officer in Fiddler on the Roof. The the one of the like uh, let's say let's say the only um friendly gentile in Fiddler on the Roof. Right. right? is is lewis zorich um he was the grandpa on the show brooklyn bridge which is a, mm-hmm. a show from the 90s set in the 50s that I, I was a big fan of as a kid and he was uh, i I've, I've talked about my distaste for Paul Reiser on this show before but lewis was his dad i'm mad about you uh he was in many many episodes of that show yeah paul's father um but here he is as Pete, our our, our lovable Greek immigrant diner owner. He yeah, we just Pete catch a
1: glimpse of him here, but yeah, he's he's a, a beloved character from this movie.
0: Yeah, and we'll we'll have plenty plenty more chances to talk about Pete, uh, as as we go along. Any Pete yeah. thoughts, Kalen? No, Noth- nothing. Okay. <laughs> um. So, anyways, the Muppets all sit down, and Rizzo asks what they'll have. Floyd makes another joke. He says the number for the board of health.
1: Yeah, that's a good joke.
0: It's a great joke. And then Rizzo flips out. And, and this is kind of like our really big Rizzo moment here, right? Mm-hmm. He talks about how he only gets paid in tips. He's supporting his family. He's supporting his mother. It isn't fair that they're making fun of him. He starts crying. He starts crying. And then Fozzie tries to comfort him, saying, it's okay. We don't have any money either. Rizzo stops crying and says, sorry, not my table, and takes off. And, like, I I guess you and I have talked about this personally. I guess we haven't talked about it on the show before, but this is, like, the early Rizzo, who's, like, a con man and a trickster, right? Like, mm-hmm. later on in the 90s, Rizzo is just, like, a nice guy who is just a glutton or something.
1: Um, Yeah, that definitely becomes more... Yeah, a more defining characteristic is that he's a guy who likes food. But, yeah, you're right. He's less of a... Yeah, whatever the side of him that we're seeing, sort of sneaky, maybe. I don't know, maybe manipulative. Uh, It comes back every once in a while, I think. But no, you're right. It's Yeah, he becomes more of a nice guy.
0: Yeah. I guess this
1: is sort of the same side of Rizzo that sells uh, tickets to the rats in Muppet Treasure Island, convincing them that they're going on a cruise.
0: Yeah, that's true. That's true. That's a good point, which is one of the funniest things in that movie, I
1: think. Yeah, yeah. It's,
0: it's very good. Um. So anyways, that that brings us down to the end of these actual minutes. Uh, before we go, anything else that you want to talk about in these two minutes? Kaylin? I'll start with you.
2: Uh, no, not really. I can't think of anything.
0: Okay, Ryan, anything <laughs> else on your list?
1: We didn't talk about uh, the actor who plays Rizzo's customer,
0: Oh, yeah. I, I meant to look that up, and I didn't.
1: So you- I, I did look her up. Her name is Alice uh, Spivak or Spivak. Um, I suspect she might be mostly like a New York theater actor. She has something like 38 or 39 credits on on IMDb. Um, one of them is an episode of The Americans from 2013. As I mentioned in a previous episode, I'm currently watching my way through The Americans, so I just saw her in an episode of that show recently. So
0: <laughs> did you recognize her?
1: No, I I, I, sh- I didn't go, Hey, that looks like the, that looks like Rizzo's customer at Pete's 30 years later. No, I, I didn't uh, recognize her.
0: That's too bad. Yeah. <laughs> Shame. Um, so anyways, that, that, so Caitlin, we like to ask our guests, do you remember the first time you saw him up take Manhattan? Yes. Okay. When was it?
2: With you, we were that's probably true. We were at your old house.
0: We, we were at my old house, and if, if I remember right, when we, when Roz and I got married, we had multiple copies of all the Muppet movies. I think we gave our duplicate of Muppet State Manhattan mm-hmm. to you guys, mm-hmm. if I remember right. Yeah, yeah. So where where would you rank it among all the Muppet movies?
2: Um, it's one of my favorites because of when Piggy tackles the other guy, the mugger.
0: When like they in the attack. Park. so you re- you really do just want Muppets to violently attack people. <laughs> like that's that's like I I never knew this side of you. This is this is news to me.
1: So do you think oh. you've watched this one more than any of the other ones?
2: No, because it's nobody else in my family's favorite. Everybody else likes the um with oh, the newest one. I can't think of the name. Muppets most wanted. Muppets most wanted, yeah. Oh,
0: okay. Yeah, Ethan's a Muppet Most Muppets Most Wanted Fiend. Cool. Yeah. Awesome. All right. That's it uh, for today. Listeners, check out toughpigs.com on the internet, Facebook, Twitter, anywhere anywhere you can find us. Uh, you can follow Ryan on Twitter at me, Ryan Rowe. Caitlin, thank you for joining us once again. And uh, listeners, if you're so inclined, give us a positive review on iTunes and tell all your friends to listen to the show. Join us again next week for another episode of Moving Right Along. Goodbye.
1: Fight, fight.